Hey guys, welcome back to mantalk.ke, another episode. Thank you for engaging in the last one. We are back in Kofisi. Uh, we always come here and it's for good reason. They have amazing co-working spaces. Just one thing I say every episode is the jazz that plays during the day. Uh, if you're like me and you love that, come through. Uh, hospitality is amazing, free coffee when you're a member. So the link's gonna be down below if you'd like to use a co-working space, please do. And we might bump into each other when we're here. Um, so. Uh, this is this is the first interview of the season, and it's a very exciting one. We, I feel like we manifest things, Oscar. Here's why: <laughs> a lot of the time, when we're we'll planning a season, <laughs> when we're planning a season, we just sort of say who, 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 Alas. and then we just say it will oh, happen. Universe. Oh, universe, bring them! <laughs> <laughs> and the universe has complied. Um, so, as you can see on the wide lens, we have the fantastic. Janet Mbogwa here. Claps, yay, claps, 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 claps. Thank you so much for coming, yeah. Janet. Um, Thank you for having me. Yes, uh, Janet, uh, first of all, before we even begin, here we go. Oh, you're so trendy. What's up? What's going on? Oh, there we What's go. going Thank on? You. Let's go. She has the Stan Smiths on. Mm -hmm. I'll you, take it. You know, she has mm -hmm. the bomber jacket on. Uh -huh. <laughs> the bomber jacket was for you guys, oh, by hey. the way. It was for, it was for Man Talk. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I mean, I, I enjoy style. I enjoy comfort, though. So as long as those mm -hmm. two can be merged, then I have fun with it. Nice, fun and practical. Fun and fun practical. practical. There we go. That's fun. it. There we go. Yeah. Wow. Oscar, so, I know you want to do it. You yeah, do of it? course. Of course, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I'm always ready. I'm always ready. Guys, it's not every day you get, uh, you know, an author. Here we go. Uh, well, let's, let's start. Strap in. <laughs> strap in. Strap in. Strap First in. of all, guys, I'll have you know that right next to me is the 1998 primary school champion. Top, de <laughs> top debater. Put some respect. Oh, First, let's start with that. Number two. <laughs> next thing that we have on my right side is uh, I have... A news anchor uh -huh. uh, of Repute Citizen TV. There we go. I also have Pulse Radio oh, at 19. Is. There it is. On my right side. She has uh, more titles. Mm -hmm. I think there's another one called, uh, what's the name of the book, Madam? My First Time. Yeah, the first time. Madam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, she's also an actress for Pendo. Yeah, yes. Yes, you see, listen, I, 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 I could go on and on. I don't want to finish the interview. <laughs> I'm I, sweating. I don't want to finish the interview. So, Madam, with all these perspectives, all these fantastic, these many lives that you have lived, Mm -hmm. I even had you spend some time in Malaysia. <laughs> Is this correct? They do their research, mm -hmm. props. Yes. Some things I'm like, how did you dig mm -hmm. that out? Uh, I did spend time in Malaysia. I studied in Malaysia for about two and a half years. Excellent. It mm -hmm. was such an experience. It was culture shock, but again, I kind of quickly got over that and yeah. was able to make friends that I have right now. Yeah. We'd walk mm -hmm. around like a, a mini UN, you know, Indonesia, mm -hmm. um, Japan, <laughs> Singapore, yeah. Kenya, Botswana. Oh, so yeah. I made this really tight-knit group of friends of international friends uh, international friends Amazing. but it was just fun we were actually really good friends and mm. and classmates and mm. Mm. um go out together study together so i have really fond memories i modeled there as well nice. because mom and dad were like we've sent you to study so however you've spent your pocket money and finished it is on you uh -huh. and so i said okay i'll i'll work mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. they used to tell me you know yeah you could you could do this so the school the university had a, a fashion department uh -huh. And whenever the students made clothes, they'd have a fashion show. So I was among maybe two or three sort of like trophy black models, but still. Still a trophy. Still a trophy. Still a trophy. Still a trophy. That's not why I was saying, Oscar. I promise. I wasn't trying to look for validation. <laughs> no, no, you just went there. No, you said. But I, I'll flip the ponytail. Yeah, there it is. So Mantok as a podcast is obviously about like positive masculinity and the impact men have had. You know, in society today, there's a lot of flack going around. Oh, men with podcasts, oh, um, toxic masculinity and the definitions therein. I just wanted to know, because you've lived all these many lives, including being a trophy model. Hello. Um, <laughs> in Indonesia. Um, what is the most positive thing um, that you've learned from the men in your life today? 
That's a really good question. First of all, I think it's so great that there's platforms like this, you know, uh, male-led conversations from a male perspective. Because I think just like women, when we have platforms or conversations and then you see a manual, Mm-hmm. Male pa- man like panel, like man panel, like but on topics that you feel you could have addressed better, mm-hmm. we, we tend to get upset. But I like that, you know, men can also say we mm-hmm. can we can lead with this because this is our lived truth. So yeah. I think it's amazing that you have this. Um, I'm on a journey, by the way. You've you've <laughs> caught me when I'm on a journey, <laughs> um, and so a lot of what I'm um, realizing now is something that I'm now trying to put into practice and embrace. As somebody who's fought for women and girls for many years, um, and yet at the same time grown up around, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. positive masculinity, Mm -hmm. it's been sometimes people come and say, oh, what what, what are you doing for the boy child? And I keep having to say, I've not discounted the boy child, um, but I feel like the issues I'm talking about are affecting women and girls more. And that was from 2014. But even then, we'd include men and boys. Right now, it's a lot more intentional where we're trying to have what are called male allies in the social justice space. Yeah. Um, but it isn't that hard for me, I think, because I grew up with, I think my dad was one of the first feminists I ever encountered in my life. Okay. Just because I never, I was never able to be, I was never, never limited to what I could be or who I could be. He was never the kind of person who was like, you can't do this. Mm. He always raised us saying, just do what you want to do, just do it well and work hard. Because mm. um, I was, again, not that this is a term, a lot of terms are also being corrected of late, so that's fair. But I was a tomboy, really hardcore. Two brothers. Mm. Uh, my older sister was much older, so I grew up around my my twin brother and my older brother a lot. Mm. Um, and so I grew up around boys and men, but most importantly, they treated me as an equal. Um. And you see, when that happens from <clears throat> an early age, you're able to navigate life knowing that you're bringing your best and not not because you're a woman or because you're just bringing your best mm-hmm. but i really then began to see it in the workplace um you know when you're kind of told oh this isn't really for you i think let's give it to your male colleague mm-hmm. so i didn't really know about things like gender inequality etc yeah. until i became older but growing up around you know like i say that the men in my life was a healthy upbringing as I got older, like with most people and experiences, then you really begin to understand the different facets of what is, what's a, who's a toxic person, who's a person who has toxic traits, because there's also a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I feel like I was going to ask Oscar, what was the question? Because oh. <laughs> I went... Were <laughs> <laughs> you addressed it about um, the, the, men, the men in your life? Yes. Positive. Yeah, and then now being able to not then have to push back on maybe men who I would encounter, whether it's in a relationship or not. Mm-hmm. It, I Toxic masculinity, as the trend has come to be, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's worth, you know, obviously validating because it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, mm-hmm. uh, there's toxic people, you know, men and women, right. there's toxic people. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's in trying not to mm-hmm. n- negate mm-hmm. everything that men do. Uh, and mm. blanket condemnation and say mm. all men are toxic. That's not true. Yeah. Just the same way not all women are. Mm. Um, and so I think it's important that we amplify that so that it doesn't become a gender war because sometimes it's always pitted as one. Yeah. When in actual mm. fact, no, mm. there's some really great men and great women and there's some really um, unhealthy men and unhealthy women. Mm. One thing though that is true that I've noticed is some gendered norms, yeah. whether it's the roles that women play in the mm. home, mm. ETC, still exist. Yeah. And then the pushback is 
but I've evolved beyond that. Why are you still reducing yeah. me to being one dimensional? Yeah, yeah. That's when it becomes, and yet some people, men and women, yeah. truly believe it. I see it in the communities I go to and beyond, even in, yeah. even in settings like, you mm. know, in, in urban trendy settings, mm. as long as the mindset is no, mm. a woman's role is not to lead. A woman's role is not to be a CEO, a woman's role mm. is not to speak, mm. then that's when the pushback comes because some people believe it, but a lot of us are saying, no, anyone can speak. It's whether you're male or female. Yeah. Um, but I think the conversation of toxic masculinity comes because those voices sometimes are so loud. Mm. And so mm. I always say we need to be loud enough to silence the bullies mm. so that it doesn't become, it doesn't harm on you guys who invite women to mm. your space in a healthy I feel very yeah. safe on this space. Oh. There's not a lot yeah. of spaces yeah. I'd go to because yeah. I'm like, but I know your mindset and I know yeah. you don't even believe in what I'm doing, mm. so I won't go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've done all this to say, mm. <laughs> like I've gone <laughs> down and round the bend and round mm. the, to say that I've, I feel like I've seen, um, I've seen healthy, um, a healthy manifestation, if I can say that, mm -hmm. of men for a long time. And I'm trying yeah. to pass that on to my sons yeah. and trying yeah. to get them to understand that it doesn't really matter who someone is, if mm -hmm. they have the ability. Mm -hmm. And now they, they say it, which is so great. You know, if somebody says policeman, who my older son would say police person. Wow. You know what I mean? Mm. But you have to... You have, yeah, to, you have to normalize it. You have exactly. to drum it into the yeah. sun. And also for them for, also for them to know um, if somebody makes you feel invalidated, whether or not it's a man or a woman, you need to speak up. Oh, um, yeah. You know, whatever it is, whatever mm. you can do, mm. just so that somebody doesn't grow up um, holding on to a privilege that sometimes can be very harmful. Sometimes it can be used for good, but sometimes mm. it can just be very, very harmful. So mm. Mm. I don't know. I The men in my life, I think, have shaped a lot. I have male mentors who've carried me in my career and who've mm. actually helped me get to the next level just mm. by being solid, firm mentors. Mm. When I was just a girl, you know, coming into TV and Joroge Moura, who was mm. one of the legends of TV, mm. you know, sat me down and trained me. Um, the first producer I had when I did a travel show, yeah. the same thing. Um, and then there was people like Farida now, Karone, who became a mentor when I was, yeah. you know, in another station. So yeah. I just tend to not try and look at it as male and female much. Sometimes it screams and shouts at you, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you just have to take it at face value and say, this is an individual thing. Yeah. It doesn't have much to do with the agenda. Yeah. Yeah. That is wow. an incredible response. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> so, so long. In fact, <laughs> in fact, the fact that you started with, you literally walked us through your life journey and your interactions with men and how kind of they've impacted your perspective. You've mm -hmm. taken us through motherhood as well. Mm -hmm. Then you've taken us through your career. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. well done. So, well done. Man talk. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, We're done now. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> there's, um, as we mentioned, you know, more titles in the library earlier. There's a certain level of excellence that you've achieved uh, as an individual, Janet. And you've mentioned, you know, your father having brothers. I want to know, because as much as we're going to get into the social justice, I want to know about achieving as a woman, because there's a lot of ladies that watch this podcast and a lot of them look to you and the achievements that you've done. So I want to find out, you've mentioned your past and your, your growing up environment. What are some traits that you found from when you were a child and like your dad being a feminist, brothers mm -hmm. that have carried you to achieve what you have and then be able to give back? Because I feel like a lot of ladies would like that key. Yeah, that might have, yeah. That's, a, that's a really good question. I um, And it's funny because a lot of things came in hindsight because you feel mm. like you're just doing you, yeah. but then you realize that it's making a certain impact on somebody. So it, it makes you reflect like, oh, mm. I wonder... Because, I mean, I've been in the industry now. I was in media from 07, 2007 to 2017. So that was mm. 10 years of being a news anchor. Mm. Took a break. I was supposed to go back 
You know, I remember even saying, I'll see you later. I never went back. Uh-huh. Probably at some point. Uh-huh. And it's only then is when you begin to realize, oh, even now you're still doing events. There's still a relevance factor, mm-hmm. um, which I don't take for granted. Right. But I think, yeah, I'm really, really fortunate to be um, somebody who grew up in a foundation that always pushed for excellence and hard work. Mm. Not even so much excellence at the time, but hard work, whether it was my parents, especially them, Mm. um, they played a pretty big role. And sometimes it was in in simple ways. Sometimes it was in how they showed up. Then you look at it and say, okay, and it was consistent, it was intentional. So Mm. that kind of, I guess, plants something in you. Mm. Um, And so school um, tried to do the same thing. I'm interesting in that I'm a, a rebel and a moderate at the same time, trying, mm-hmm. trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Life is still a journey, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so <clears throat> I think that really helped. And mm-hmm. then working for everything. That is one of the things I'm proudest of. So proud of. Yeah. I don't, however, want to downplay how hard it is, and how somebody feels like their only option is another. I do not mm-hmm. obviously think it's the right way to go. As I've gotten older, it's just unfortunate that some people are held captive by having to make yeah. a choice to do something for their family it's wow. terrible yeah. so i worked for everything i have yeah. i yeah. i started um radio you know but even the tv journey was interesting because i remember i'd come back from malaysia and i needed work i was yeah. like i need a job mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so i i remember my dad saying you need to tarmac until your heels wear off wow he said something like that he's yeah. like just keep looking yeah. for work until you get he's like there's no easier way there's mm-hmm. no easy mm-hmm. and that's literally what i did i tarmacked mm-hmm. i was wearing these little kitten heels yeah. that eventually got one off because i was tarmacking so much i was going between this building and that building yeah. trying to drop my wow. you know became the metaphor yeah literally. and quite were, literally uh, yeah. i took it quite literally and there was no linkedin there was no, <laughs> there was no LinkedIn. <laughs> it was 2007 there was no linkedin i think um yeah. and so Having entered the industry through my own blood and sweat and every other um, work I did, whether it was um, career, whether it was, you know, projects, I think that does something for you. And it then allows you to then when you're there, for me, at least anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, hard work and um, the ability to or just the responsibility of having something on you and what Mm -hmm. that comes with. So ethics, Mm -hmm. work hard. Mm. The excellence one, again, I think was a little bit from my parents, a little bit from my dad. He's got a, he's got a very interesting history yeah. of having spent time in different countries when he was a child right. because of what was happening in the country. Very interesting mm-hmm. history. But it also made him this person who's very pedantic about timekeeping, honesty, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's been, again, one of my greatest mentors, even mm. in terms of investment. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is how what you see when you're growing up. The other one is the choice you make because... The opposite of showing up with excellence and working hard is, I think, um, missing out on opportunities because you chose not to show up. Yeah. So you just ask yourself, what's what's fundamentally important to me? Mm. Is it the clout <laughs> yeah. and everything that comes with it? Or is it actually the longevity of working hard and letting my blood, sweat and tears speak mm. for me? Yeah. What is fundamentally important to you? If it's the clout also, no judgment. Mm-hmm. Clout chase away. Mm. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the thing, yeah, not fine. Sustainable. Not go sustainable, ahead, yeah. but go ahead. There you go. Yeah. But if it's yeah. more important to saying, mm. I believe in this because it's making me a better person. Mm. It's giving me more opportunities. That's the other thing that started happening. Mm. One thing would lead to another and another and another. Mm. And I was like, there's a, tr- there's a trait here that's working for what I'm trying to do. 
And then people come back and be like, it's the way you show up professionally. It's the way you show up on time. It's the way you take your work seriously. And so again, that informs you. And then finally having, again, the values. Values um, are everything. Treat people well. You know, the other day, I think Dame Helen Mirren was asked, Mm. have you lasted this long in Hollywood? Are you allowed to cuss on this podcast? No, it's clean. Okay, never mind. I don't cuss Uh, even. (laughs) But she said, Uh okay, I'll try and sanitize what she said. But she said, Show up on time and don't be a horrible person. I got it. Yeah. She's in her 70s. And I think what she was trying to say is, you guys complicate things. Yeah. It's be decent. Mm. Show mm. up. Um, yeah. Extend courtesy. It's the little things that count for the bigger things. But no one wants to hear that because it's not yeah. sexy. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, people are like, that's not sexy, Janet. Yeah. Come on, give us yeah. something else. I'm like, no, it's actually basic values mm. that I'm not saying I've always, I haven't messed up. I have big right. time. Yeah. Yeah. But then the thing about it is that it still brings you back. Even though you mess up, they're like, ah, I'm just waiting for you to come back. Mm. Basic, basic, yeah. basic values, hard work, consistency, intentionality, yeah. trying to treat people well as well. The desiderata, read it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There we go. Uh-huh. Just read uh-huh. the desiderata. Please, you, it seems <laughs> like you want to recite it. Don't I, even, so... the desiderata. <laughs> just, it's okay. We have time. We have time. We, have time. we, we can't even. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> People forget yeah. that these old wise saying people knew what they were trying to say when they were planting a seed of how to thrive. It's right there. It's always been there. Yeah. We've just chosen to try and tweak it and, mm. and you know, modernize it. But it's like, no, yeah. it's relevant. Yeah. It holds true yeah. in relationships, in work, in family. It holds true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm answering your question. Yeah, you are. You I feel are. like I'm, so, yeah. I'm going down. There's an, there's, <laughs> there's an incredible... Reel me in. <laughs> no, please. Please, no, please go. Yeah, um, yeah. This is a podcast. Yeah, we have time. <laughs> uh, I, I know you're used to... There's Very an ad coming. Bad. There's an ad running. No, there's no ads running. <laughs> really there might be later on. <laughs> I was about to say, like, we've done 10, 15 minutes. Are we not going on ad break? Shout ad break. At some point, I'll just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And then you'll, then you'll say, oh, she's waiting for oh, an ad she's break. She's waiting for, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The shade in hers. <laughs> so the, the, the one thing, though, that I've also realized, even with my interaction with you off camera, is also the incredible sense of humility that you have. It's actually oh. incredible. Like, mm. you're incredibly relatable and humble. And you're a boss at the same time. So I just wanted to know, how does that translate to how you operationalize all of your projects? Because you have several projects. How do you manage people? And what's your like management philosophy around wow. business? Another really good question. I don't know that I've been the best manager lately. I had to check myself. Mm-hmm. I really did. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm in a season of checking myself. Trust me. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thing when you can hold a board meeting with yourself. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> <laughs> and hold a managerial meeting with Uh yourself um, and just take stock. And I think in hindsight, I was projecting a lot of what I was going through, even into the way I was leading. Because when you've, I think, dealt with some form of trauma and you've, you you don't recognize it as such, it manifests in different ways. And looking back, I said, oh, I think I, I think I was. So it's been a journey even to just get to where where we are. I always think of my foundation when when you ask that question, even though there's several projects. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one thing I tried to do was, you know, build a good team of one or two people and sometimes be able to, you know, spread the work or delegate where possible. But more than anything, um, make people feel safe and heard in your space. Mm -hmm. You know, just again, bottom line, because if there is, you'll always have your difficult people or people who don't have work ethic by the end of the day you want them to leave knowing that they were heard even though they didn't want to listen at least they were still able to speak openly Mm -hmm. 
and that they didn't feel like they left with, you know, workplace trauma. Right. Um, so like what I'm doing, one of the things I'm about to do at the foundation, because we're about to start a really big project, is we're, we're doing, we're looking for psychosocial support for the people who are working Amazing. there. Just so that yeah. you normalize, you know, mental well-being and mental health. Mm -hmm. And also because for me, I know what psychosocial support has done for me. I know what therapy has done for me. Right. And so that paying it forward. So I think to answer your question, I yes, I, I do boss. But I think I went through a season where I had to say, oh, you know what? You need to check yourself. Mm -hmm. You actually need to check yourself and try and do better. And yes, it's high stakes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'd be in projects where I'm maybe one of the few people like me in the space, or if I'm moderating, I moderated some seriously global events last year. Mm -hmm. So that comes with a lot of pressure and I feel, mm -hmm. and I have that anxiety mm -hmm. of performing. I'm a high performer and everything. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that can be projected and I'm just, I realized find a healthier way yeah. to inform people that that's what you need around you. At the time yeah. when you need to do something that's high stakes, you mm -hmm. need one, two, three, four. What you don't need to be doing is maybe invalidating what they're trying to do for you because they think it's the right thing, but you're like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I do? So I, yeah. you know what I mean? So I had to check myself and now I think I'm probably in the best mind space that I've ever been in mm -hmm. to be a leader because yeah. now I'm checking all the boxes. Like, are you okay, Janet? Mm -hmm. Start with you and yeah. figure out what you need to mm -hmm. let go of or what you need to do more of. Mm -hmm. And then asking them, are you okay? How are you feeling? Mm. Um, there's also a fairly new team. So it's great to have like a fresh start and be like, okay, clean slate. Mm. Let's do this again. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm ready for the project. It starts next week, actually. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think leadership is sometimes vulnerability and even admitting to people, you know, hey, we need to, yeah. I need to say I could have done that better. Mm. I need to take accountability, but so do you. So it's no longer about being obsessed with being perfect and right. And, yeah. you know, it's about, I think, what feels right for me mm. and also making sure that the team I'm leading mm. feels like they're also able to work in an environment where they're allowed to thrive. Yeah. So I'm a happy yeah. boss, babe, right now. Yeah. Okay, guys, sorry to interrupt the episode, but you know what time it is. It's time to talk about our sponsor, Samsung. Samsung. So, so last week I was talking about what my favorite feature is. And you said, wait till this week, Oscar. So time has come, buddy. What is your favorite uh, feature on the freestyle? Uh, so for those guys who don't know, the freestyle is a smart projector, which is basically a point and play device. My favorite feature is the music cap. That mood-changing lens, mm -hmm. my God, it's That's insane. Bad. Absolutely crazy. I'm a bit of a wild boy. Mm -hmm. I like what, walking into house parties and just being the, you know, just, you know, bringing the party to life. Yeah, playing some Luther Vandross. You, you, you know, you know what I mean, Hello. baby. <laughs> why, why are you taking me to Luther Vandross, bro? Hey, you know. I was about to say, my <laughs> So, yeah, that's, that's my favorite feature. Um, the freestyle does have a lot of utility, but that's the one I love the most. The fact that you can set the mood, change it. Whether you like with Savandros, whether you like your reggae rhythm vibe, like I do, um, that's the, definitely the thing for me. Nice. So, as always, next week, I will say my next favorite feature on the freestyle. So, enjoy the rest of the episode. See you next week. Bye. Guys, 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 uh, we forgot to say the links to the Samsung content and anything you need to know about the freestyle are available at the description of the podcast. So check that out and hit us back. Bye. There's a really human element in the advice you gave to people when they're trying to excel. Human elements, very practical things, treating yeah. people. In you being a boss, human element. 
the people you're around, yeah. the humans that go through things, which is rare because I think even in the age we're living at now with social media and when you look at a boss, a lot of the things they're preaching are very toxic. Like mm. if they're not there, shut the door, 4 a.m. You know, it's like it's taken away the human element. So that's yeah. really excellent to see. Mm. Um, now, there's sort of two, there's two facts when you look at Janet, right? There's a Janet that was, you know, the, the career media, etc. Mm-hmm. Then there's a Janet I think we're talking to now, mm-hmm. which seems to be very much in her purpose, if I can put it that yeah, way. Yeah, that's true. Um, so how does one make that leap? I asked for this reason. I have a lot of friends at the moment mm-hmm. who are making the leap from maybe corporate or doing a job that they weren't like thriving in, in terms of themselves, and now make a leap into something that they think is more purposeful. Mm-hmm. That's a scary thing. Right. Yeah. So I want to find out how you made that leap because I know one of the things you've mentioned uh, on your site is that you heard a story when it came to girls and like menstruation, and that was like one of the triggering factors. Mm-hmm. So when I know, okay, you find a triggering factor, you realize that's the jump I want to take. How does what? How did it happen for you? Yeah. So maybe if someone watching it wants to take that jump as well, they can. Yeah. Place. I think. Um, yeah, it happened when when I was in the newsroom. Mm-hmm. So I know I know we'll get into it a mm-hmm. bit later. So for I'll sure. try and speak to. Yeah how I made the leap, it's it's a transition because again, and, and okay, what I also like to tell people nowadays is you can start where you are with what you have. And again, that's not just talking air. Yeah. Literally, when I went for Goalkeepers in 2017, it was one of the biggest conferences I've been to just because of the kind of people that were in the room. Yeah. But it was a nice mix of people. It was people who started something by putting out one tweet. Somebody else started something by sharing on their WhatsApp. It's the uh-huh. littlest thing. So... Yeah. And they were trying to say, don't overthink it. If right. something triggers you, what do you want to do? Because the first thing you, so the first thing you do is you say that it's, you're annoyed. You know, so somebody said, I was just annoyed that there was homelessness where I was. I was so upset. Mm. And so I put that out there and people were like, I'm upset too. And then together they kind of, Got it. you know yeah. what I mean? When, when you put it out there sometimes, or you'll find an organization saying, hey, we're looking for voices like yours. Or sometimes it's just you slowly finding your path into what you can do. Mm. Um, so... Whenever people do ask, I say, there's something that's probably bothering you right around you right now. Yeah. What is it somebody could say, I want to see more boys go to school, for example, or I want to see um, better, you know, maternal newborn health or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. I'm like, there's so many spaces that need that need mm. you. Check mm. in and find out what they need. Yeah. Sometimes they need just a basket of something. Sometimes they just need you to go spend some time mm. with people. Sometimes checking on your former primary school and go give a mm. talk. It's the it's the littlest things wow. that can spurn really big change. Mm. And so it's not overthinking it, which I think a lot of people, yeah. they say, but you have a foundation. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a journey to get there. Yeah. And you can also start your foundation. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But why don't you just start with whatever you can, like what's mm. in your hands? There's a very yeah. big... Um, there's a very big conversation around what's in your hands right now. So even yeah. somebody watching this, like, what's in your hands? What do you have with you? Yeah. Um, and that it's, you know, metaphorical as much as it's practical. What do you have with you that you can use? Is it your phone? Mm. Is it a little bit of financing that you can send somewhere? Yeah. Is it your ability to articulate an issue and write it out and put it out? Mm. What do you have with you that mm. speaks to you? Because everybody knows that little fire that only they know about. Yeah. But like, put yeah. it out there. And then don't be afraid, start really small. And then there's this statement I heard this year that really stayed with me from a mentor and a friend. And he said, progress is fragile. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's made things just easier. It's like, just, there's no, ra- it's fragile. It's going to take a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not this automatic big whoop that things change. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's investing long-term in this, in the conversation. So um, 
I don't know if I should now go into the foundation. Um, yeah, this is the ideal. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that was where I was. was that, we had segued you there. You see, you see yeah. I was waiting for the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just not coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Please <laughs> tell us tell us about the fantastic social work that you've been doing. Um, yeah. And just tell us about everything. Because one of the things that I, I have so many questions, especially around uh, period poverty and how Manto can contribute, um, things like, and then also I also noticed you've done a lot of work on gender-based violence as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about all that now. So yeah. please let us begin. Let us start. Let us start from the beginning. Let us start from Once the beginning. upon a time. Yeah. Yes. T- take, take us from the... Mm-hmm. From the beginning. From, from the beginning. <laughs> oh, from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes I think I like to take it all the way back again yeah. to what I saw around me when I was growing up. There's, uh, a really big organization in the coast that deals with rehabilitating street children. Yeah, And from the time I was a kid, um, because the woman who started it was friends with my mom and our moms. Mm. And so sometimes they would have you just participate in activities. So from a long time ago, I just didn't know it, but I saw social justice from when I was a kid. Wow. If you think of now yeah. when I think about it, yeah. I was like, oh, I, it was kind of, you know, shown early enough, yeah. you know. Um, and then... The other side story is apparently who I'm named after. So my middle name is Wamuni. Oh. Um, my maternal grandmother was apparently, I never met her, God rest oh. her soul, but she was very much about um, social justice. Oh. Again, unprovoked. She was just yeah. very, and uh, interesting thing is all of us who are named after her without knowing it got into the space. So that's oh. the more like, African, yeah. you know, yeah. proverbial uh-huh. answer, uh-huh. like it's a in the roots yeah. type of thing. But I feel I find that very fascinating because yeah. my mom's always like, "You're just your grandmother." Mm. Like even when you don't want to do it, you're like, it, "I'm done. I want to let it go." She's like, "You won't <laughs> because it's who you are." Yeah, it is who you are named it's after. It's who you are named after. So even my my cousins, one of them also has an organization right. in you know Korogosha. The other one is in the U.S. but doing social justice. It's very interesting. Same name, Same name. all Wamuni. Yeah, come on that's now. incredible. Yeah, yeah. So that's not the African. Yeah. Then the other answer is when I was in the newsroom, when your news, I guess when you're in the newsroom, so many, um, so many issues, you come across all kinds of issues from the stories you, you read. Mm-hmm. So every day you're broadcasting and yeah. it's all these, you know, social mm-hmm. injustices. Mm-hmm. But the one, this one stayed with me, I think, because it hit me so hard mm-hmm. because I'd never, ever imagined that you'd have to trade um, or use an unsanitary product to manage a very normal biological function because it was 2013. I used to host a show called Monday Special. And before that, there was a feature called Periods of Shame. And I've given this um, story a lot. But Periods of Shame was basically a story that showed girls in Marigat in Baringo County as an example of hundreds of thousands of other girls who were unable to access sanitary products so they were using alternatives. The most inexplicable alternatives like goat hide, you know, chicken feathers, leaves, things that you can't even begin to understand how Mm. that's an alternative. You just can't. So that hit me. So it hit me in the gut, you know, just, um, and the interesting thing is the war to get that story on air because many in the newsroom were like, you're going to talk about what? Period. So how did you come across this story? So at the time, our boss was Farida Karone. She was the COO. I think that helped because uh-huh. she was like, I hear all of you, but I'm still going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love She's it. like, I, I hear all of you, but I'm the boss. Yeah. Yeah. So she essentially had to, because it was people were very uncomfortable because yeah. menstruation has always been so taboo. Yeah. And so even the men in the newsroom automatically freaked out. Yeah. They were like, but why are you going to talk about it on air? She's yeah. like, because it's affecting girls where I come from. Yeah. 
And so it aired and it just, Kenyans were up in arms. I remember it, it Twitter for three days yeah, was just cussing out the government I, saying, I, I remember. You remember? They I were remember. like, how is this not free? Like, yeah. why aren't pads yeah. free? And I was triggered. So I told yeah. my boss, I want to do something. She's like, cool. So came yeah. up with it as an initiative okay. to give those girls pads, but also to push for budgetary allocation. And that's when you came up with the name? Inuadada, Uplift, as opposed right. to Saidia or just Uplift. Yeah. I didn't really, I promise you I'd never have thought I'd be doing it till now. By the time I know it planted a seed that's never gone, because mm. when we went and launched it in the same place months yeah. later, uh -huh. so the story aired and then months later we went because we'd now made it a company oh. call to action and the first lady got involved, it became this yeah. really big thing. Yeah. Everyone went home and I was, still, I was still like, okay, we've given the girls now what? Mm. That's when they were like, okay, you take it because it's keeping you up at night. Yeah. But it's because I just felt like this is a platform where we can maybe impact change. Um, and it's just not fair that they're missing school because of a very normal thing. It's totally unfair. Mm. They're missing school or getting married early or getting pregnant early yeah. because of their period. Really, oh, something yeah. that. So, and it would, what, the linkages were direct. They as, were direct. As so, student performance, for example, because in Kenya it's a very big deal. Like the high go. school you will go to. Yeah, there you go. Performance really... and attendance directly mm -hmm. affected yeah. because if you're missing out school going days every month and that's five days, do the math. Yeah. For a whole year, Jesus. almost a, almost two to three weeks worth of school, so you can't months. perform as much as you know as well as either the your count your other counterpart yeah. as a girl who has access yeah. or the boys. Yeah. You can't. So girls were dropping out at high mm -hmm. rates, um, and then the worst place is having to use unsanitary products, so you get sick. Yeah. Or even the worst thing, which we are now seeing a lot more, is is this thing that's been called sextortion, which mm. lives in many. There's sex for pads, sex for water, sex for fish. Like it's yeah. transactional for survival. Yeah, That's what happens when you don't put basic rights in the hands of people. Yeah. They have to resort to the worst case scenario just to be able to wear a pad or, you know, go fetch water mm. or go fetch fish. Like that's what you, that's what you're left with. You know, one of the statistics that was striking and i remember there was also more outrage from kenyans recently was the coronavirus increase in teenage pregnancies exactly so it might actually be contributing a lot of it is contributing because again with school where there's supposed to be distribution of sanitary pads which has been mm. very ad hoc the mm. government means well it's just very ad hoc mm. but some girls were benefiting then the schools shut down so what were they doing they were trading themselves for pads and they were getting pregnant so when the schools shut down during mm. the coronavirus the government services did not Continue. And, and was a budgetary allocation made for that same year, for those same Much things. later. Because I remember that's the noise we started making is, yeah. um, excuse me, pandemic, but also periods are there. So you can't, you can't have wow. these care packages and not have menstrual products. Yeah. Mm. So like our foundation and many others just started putting together dignity kits yeah. mm. and care packages and sending out to as many people just so that they could at the very least, because the thing is when you have access to products during your menstruation, um, and for those for whom it's the bare minimum you can do, you're able to then think about many other things. You're able to think through what's my next step in terms of work? Yeah. What's my next step in terms of planning for my family? Mm -hmm. At least I don't have to think about, and you see the reason why period poverty exists because these products are very expensive. Um, for the average person, yes, but even for us, they're just period products are, are they, expensive. Are they subsidized by They're anything? supposed to be, but it doesn't reflect in the pricing. You know, mm -hmm. Kenya has done so much in terms of pioneering policies to do with menstrual health. We're actually called the Scotland of Africa, you mm. know, because Scotland has free sanitary yeah, yeah, pads. Yeah. 
But I'm like, hey, for ground, I don't so know. Nice. There's a... Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> I know, you're like, let me do this math. Yeah, because you see now, you've taken it somewhere where the mathematics is not mathematics. Wait, so let's let's get there. Yeah. There was an annual budget read for under education. Yes. And sanitary pads is part of the budget. Yeah. And this was read in 20, let's assume it's mm. the year before, which is 2019. Mm-hmm. Are we saying that in 2020, mm-hmm. those pads that were budgeted for and there was an allocation were not released to... Uh, no, and the proof is on the ground. Jesus. The okay. other day, the the cabinet secretary for education said, and I remember his numbers. He said, three point seven billion shillings has been spent to give sanitary pads to over seven million girls. Mm-hmm. So we are doing our work. Mm-hmm. And so earlier, I was speaking to two menstrual champions, and they just got so triggered. They're like, "That's not true. Yeah, We're not seeing it." See, I was like, yeah. "It's all. I'm just reading." I'm just yeah. reading what he's saying because it's important we link what the policymakers are yeah, saying. Exactly. The truth is the translation and implementation has too many bottlenecks, whether mm. it's corruption, whether it's just the knowledge of not having, okay. what's a word we like to use, task force. <laughs> not <laughs> having a group who can help you carry out the implementation. So the thought is good. Even mm. when we look at gender equality, mm. let's mm. start with the fight to enhance gender equality in Kenya. Mm. I mean, President Kenyatta became a big example that was being used during the Generation Equality Forum last year, they'd be like, you see, in Kenya, the president has made, you know, commitments to end gender-based violence. And it's true. And we Mm. applauded him because Mm. it's not often that you see an African head of state saying, this Mm. is how we're going to end gender-based violence. Mm. All great on paper. Implementation, Mm. it goes up in smoke. So the same thing for sanitary pads. The budget allocation is there. The goodwill is there. The implementation is just completely in i guess interfered with because of so many unfortunately a lot of it is is corruption i think it's just one of these diseases that is so intrinsically in the system that it that it just, it just it doesn't is. matter yeah, what it is yeah. and so part of it is that part of it is again not having a plan okay now you have the pads do you know how hard it is to have a sustainable program about giving out pads to girls every month you need mm. an entire machine distribution distribution channels, channels. Yeah. there you go yeah. so if you haven't strengthened all those but you've said we have seven million girls that we've given pads a lot of them, I was in Korogosha yesterday, and I'm in different spaces every time. Mm. I'm like, when was the last time you get pads? You got pads. And they'll think and say, maybe a year ago. So Maybe. Maybe. So it's one. So, or some people will say, oh, we got them, but they were only for three months. Oh. So it's not also, there's no uniform approach to it. Mm. So again, I'll always say the goodwill is there. Like, mm. we have a menstrual health policy that was launched in 2020. It's one of the few from Africa from Africa. Mm. So we're like progressive in the sense of we're now embracing it as a need. We're talking about it. I was in a room the other day where there was all these men I was emceeing and it was about sanitation and like, you know what, man, clap for yourselves because all of you here have said periods and they really laughed because I'm like, I didn't see this in 2014. Mm. I didn't Mm. see this much um, investment in Mm. wanting girls to go back to school. So I was so touched. I almost got emotional. I'm like, this is so great to see. Mm. Then I asked them, so what happens? You know, and they say all that kind of things. Oh, we need to be given more support. So while all that is happening, there's a girl right now considering trading sex for pads. That's what really upsets me. Mm. It's like, okay, we're all talking, but what are we actually doing? Mm. But you can't have the impact without the advocacy. And I think that's why I do this. That's why all these incredible menstrual champions mm. um, and advocates, it's power to mm. say this and to mm. say it in a way that one of some of the things you know, Adad has been able to achieve is you know, I think we mainstreamed the conversation because we brought it from mainstream media mm. at a time when it was taboo. Mm. It shifted everything. That periods of shame feature, it's yeah. still talked about. Because yeah. first of all, parliamentarians were embarrassed. Mm. So they increased the budgetary allocation after that. Yeah. 
The beginning of drafting the menstrual policy began in 2015, about a year and a half after that. You see what mm, it did? Yeah, when you mainstream yeah. issues, that's what happens. When you do things on platforms like this, that's mm, what happens because people yeah. know. Everyone yeah. was like, I didn't know that. Oh my God, I didn't mm, know that. Yeah. And then from there now, a lot of other organizations have come up and they're doing yeah. such great work. Yeah. We still continue. We lead a lot with advocacy, which mm. for me is this education. Exactly. Um, yeah. I love doing it. I yeah. sleep, eat, and breathe it. Yeah. I did it through my book. I'm doing yeah. it through a podcast. I yeah. do it through um, some of what we do in the community in terms of just mm. education awareness. I've done yeah. it through a menstrual health conference that I yeah. convened just before COVID. So yeah. when you do that, it spurns people into action because now you've given them the education and they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. How can I help? Yeah. So you have to keep yeah. the conversation going. Yeah. And so one of the reasons when I was asked, why are you doing the the podcast? I'm like, because we need to we need to normalize this as a daily conversation. I feel yeah. like we wait for Menstrual Hygiene Day, which is on May 28th, by the way, mm -hmm. since 2014. Mm -hmm. Then there's so much noise and all these events, then everyone goes quiet. Yeah, sustain that convo, and then right? October 11th, yeah. Day of the Girl. Oh, then March 8th, Women's Day. But I'm like, no, no, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. What's happening in between? Every, because but, every day there's somebody, somebody trading sex yeah, for buds. The there you go. Yeah. Now, that's know, the sound bite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's actually like, it's you know, shock. like it's yeah. such a... It's it's insane to think yeah, about like it. It hits you. And it really like, does. It, it's yeah. it's jarring. Like it's yeah. literally like. And what? it doesn't have to be. That's the more frustrating thing. Is it doesn't that doesn't have to be the case. Yeah. I think okay, fine. Scotland and New Zealand. Yes, we can talk about them being progressive. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. But no, they actually said, imagine we care about menstruating girls and women, so we're going to give them products. That's what they did. Mm. And so New Zealand, no, Scotland, sanitary pads are going to be made available for all women and girls. Um, because period poverty is global, by the way. It's not just Kenya, yeah. Africa. It's India. It's South America. It's it's, India. it's UK. Yeah. It's yeah. Los Angeles. It's everywhere. Yeah. There's always a woman somewhere who's trying to figure out, do I put food on the table or do yeah. I buy a pad? That's yeah. always the biggest conversation. Because even for them yeah. in LA and the US, it's expensive. Yeah. So they've been fighting for tampon tax. So, yeah. so everybody yeah. has a different war against poverty. Yeah. Yeah. Theirs is just like, ah, uh -uh, remove the tax. So in many states, they're now lifting tampon tax. Mm. In some US universities, they're putting sanitary products for students. But you have to care enough mm. to say they deserve this. I sometimes feel like, do we? Do you just not care enough about us that mm. you're like, ah, figure it out. See, as we're mm. here putting the policy, we can't do everything. Yeah. Like, no, if you really cared, you'd think about that little girl mm. who's 12 or 13, mm -hmm. who can't go to school, yeah. who is vulnerable, yeah. who is then, who can then be easily mm. assaulted. Mm. And that's where you've left her life. That's She's the problem. 13 for me, and that's it. Yeah. For me, where the problem is, of course, is the the hygiene, um, the sanitary considerations, but also the fact that you're actually enabling sexual predation. You're, you're an enabling factor. In like, fact, when you say that, I'm like, it's spot on. I, it's the way, even for gender-based violence, it's unfortunately been socially normalized mm. because of culture, because of... Mm. But, I, but I think at the end of the day, if people say mm. we're going to attack this and take it on head-on in a way that mm. is unapologetic and mm. it's going to take everything for, for mm. us to do this... Yeah it means that you care enough. But when you're not saying that, you're like, in the grander scheme of things, it's there in the in the food chain. It will yeah. continue to happen. Of yeah. priorities. But yeah. it's also because we're not, um, I think we're just not taking enough time to throw a lot of, a lot of this also needs resourcing. I now get yeah. that. Having been in social justice a few years, I'm like, I get why you actually need to put resources behind mm. programs that educate, mm. that safe houses, like safe houses should be yeah. normal. Yeah. I mean, it's also sad to say that because it means you're almost, you know, not mm. addressing the root cause. Yeah. 
But while we're trying to figure out how to reverse behavioral change, they're still very vulnerable people who are in a house yeah. with a predator mm. who's harming them. Yeah. So why, can, why can't we find them a safe space yeah. as we figure out the long-term yeah. plan? And so I think as I kind of mm. try to wrap up this journey part of the mm. foundation, mm. so it's been advocacy, and then now we're doing something with um, the PAD project where we're going to be teaching women how to make pads um, mm. because then they're able to earn something. Mm. but also the pads which are made are able to be distributed. It's mm. sustainable in the sense that it's a machine yeah. and it can churn out upwards of 100 to 200 pads a day. Wow. But it's really yeah. for communities. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's a program that was born out of a collaboration between folks in India and the US. Mm. It, period, end of sentence. It's a documentary on Netflix. It won an, it won an Oscar in 2019. Mm. So we're collaborating with mm. them wow. and it's been amazing, yeah. but we're starting the project next week. So that's mm. our solution mm. as in Wadada mm. in, in a way. We're like, mm. We're making noise, but we're also trying to get pads in the hands of girls and money in the hands of their moms who can then be able yeah. to buy for their family. The question I have for you is how many how many sanitary pads do you think Inuadad has, has done since it's distributed and submitted to? That is such a good question. How many do you think you've done so far? Pa since you left the newsroom. Mm. That's a very, <laughs> that's a very, mm. that's a tough one. I know that when we did, we do it every year mm. from 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Probably by that time, we'd impacted over 10,000 girls. Mm -hmm. But then COVID came and then we went into also supporting families first because I'm like, it doesn't mm. really matter. COVID affected everyone. So we made sure families were getting care packages so that the parents and everyone. And then we gave almost 3,000, I think, mm. and period kits in there. Yeah. So if that's the math, maybe 15, maybe yeah. more, 1,000 wow. to date. Because yeah. recently we started a pad drive at the center from March 8th. Mm. Um, and we've intervened to about 150, 200 girls and women. So it's quite a number. I have the numbers somewhere. Yeah, I'll, no, listen, I'll text you. Listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm recovering from my shock. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's just, that's okay. I'm back in the room. Yeah, um, I'm back in the room. <laughs> so you said something earlier um, <laughs> that when someone wants to do something, do or go with what you have, right? Yeah. And um, the reason I was in shock because I was, I was thinking to myself as Eli, as you're talking, right now, this is very dire. This mm. is hor horrific. And now you've taken away a level of ignorance from me, right? Mm. But that might happen to a lot of people watching as well. Mm -hmm. But then sustaining that, like what are practical things that people, because mm. say this, say this mm. video gets 15 to 20,000 mm. views if you're still watching guys. Yeah, and then yeah. watch and share. Yeah. Don't, yeah, exactly. don't give exactly, yeah. Oscar and Eli like yeah. 2,000. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, so I'll just <laughs> say you're a hater. Hey. Exactly. <laughs> from Janet's from mouth. Janet's mouth. <laughs> it's recorded now. Oh, no. That's you can bite. hold it again. That's <laughs> a sound bite. Yeah. So I want to know like, okay, so when I look at social justice in any any capacity, I always think that in in a society, I look at it like a football pitch. Let me go there. So so there's like not that. everyone is a striker. Not everyone's mm. going to go and spearhead. Someone might be in midfield. They can assist, but they're not always going to have that kind of energy or drive that maybe Janet has. Somebody might be a goalkeeper. Let me just punt you the ball, do what I can from a distance, mm -hmm. right? So there's a lot of people on the pitch watching and there's some people here. What can we do? Like, practically because I, I don't like when conversations get really sensational and you're like cool thanks Janet thanks for coming <laughs> yeah and like nothing yeah. happens afterwards so what are like practical things that anybody in the pitch can do a striker midfielder mm -hmm. that can actually assist in what you're yeah. doing because I feel like you're the striker but we need to help you yeah you know? I love I love yeah. the the metaphor about football it's yeah. it's smart because it's the truth it's, yeah, it's everybody yeah. plays at their strengths yeah um I think I always say the first thing that people can do is plug into the conversations because mm. you'd mm. be surprised how much you learn Mm. about the different things that can mm. be done. Mm. So I'm speaking from the account of what I've seen, interacted with. Mm. Um, some other peers in the space 
you know, go talk a lot about um, reusable, sustainable products, for example, because that's mm. always a big win. Mm. Yeah. Whether it's the menstrual cup or the reusable pad, mm. um, the only you know, I think sometimes people push back and say, oh, what about access to water and storage? It's it's fair, mm. but it's still a solution that's working in parts of the country. So we can't mm. negate it. Um, others still have gone as far as to, you know, push for policy and even being at the policy table. So mm. when you plug into the conversation, it just gives you a really wide scope of what it is that's happening. Mm -hmm. You're better informed. And then the other thing is these same organizations are all doing something in their own way. Another way to help is plug into what they're doing, mm. um, whether it's participating online or on site, whether they're doing drives or whether they're having a conversation, mm. tune in. And then finally, it's again, what's in your hand. So tangible things are, we, there is still, the jury is still out on pads, just giving pads and mm. panties. And mm. I know sometimes I've struggled with it because I'm like, yeah, it's not sustainable. However, mm. I've seen how much it helps them at that point. Yeah. So it's to say, when you're doing your monthly shopping, mm. Give buy a pad, a packet of pad or two or three, um, and give it to somebody around you who doesn't have it. Whether it's maybe a nanny, mm. whether it's a, a relative, because there's always somebody who might need it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. or even if it's saying, I'm gonna buy some mm. and give them to a school that's gonna help. Right. Sometimes that's just the very Simple. simplest way of doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's an action that yeah. can be used. Yeah. Um. Again, some people might come at me because they're like, "But well, that's not sustainable." Mm. But I say, because again, my lived truth and experience, this is, I speak from what I've seen and what I've done. And yeah. when I remember even when I started in the space and, mm. you know, again, the privilege to have a nanny or a household, mm. but them, even them in my space, just being so blown away by me mm. giving it to them, yeah. so blown away. Wow. And I'm like, but I pay you a salary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're yeah. like, but still, these are so expensive. expensive. So thank oh, you. So suddenly God. you've allowed her to save. Get, yeah. yeah and then i just said okay then i'm just gonna get for you for the year because mm. if you need two packets a month yeah. for 12 months that's 24 packets that's yeah. maybe times maybe a hundred mm. mm. 2400 yeah uh -huh. for a year for a year's supply yeah. and that's some people spend that right on lunch yeah. yeah so that's the little thing and you say of course there's accountability but mm. again sometimes it's just to say at least i know that the last thing she needs to think about is buying pads because it's expensive until the war to bring prices down and sustain them. Till that mm. happens, somebody needs pads right now. Yeah. And maybe with an underwear, if you can throw that in and throw in three underwears, then that's maybe two, five or mm. 2,600, 2,700 for the year. You throw in maybe a bar of soap for hygiene mm. and yeah. sanitation. Um, and then you throw in maybe um, slippers. Mm. And there you have a care package, 3,000 shillings for the year. That's insane. And that you've given yeah. her dignity because yeah. she can, you know, a lot of the places they access are not, you know, mm. clean. So she can walk with dignity. Walk with dignity. She mm. can clean herself because yeah. that's a huge, you know, there's even programs called showers for girls because mm. when you're not, you know, again, as, as a menstruator who has mm. access to all these things, when you don't have those, it, you're just uncomfortable. You can't do anything. Mm. So imagine somebody who doesn't have the choice. You can't really... You know, so it's those little things. And then the last thing you can do is, yeah. because now you are, what's the word? Con, is it? Are you converts? No, nah, you guys have always, you're, yeah. you're cool. You're easy. Yeah. Yeah. But you can yeah. now talk to other guys. That's Yeah, yeah I talked yeah. to other men. Because yeah. I remember when I did my first time and <laughs> there was a lot of dads who were like, I didn't know that's what you go through. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know yeah. that's what a lot of women go yeah. through. So many yeah. men told me that. Mm. Mm. And I'm like, I'm glad I could 
you know, educate. And exactly. I'm glad you've now learned that, mm. that it is something, it's a reality. Yeah. And one of them was like, oh my God, is my daughter going to? I'm like, yeah, she might have a menstrual disorder because that's a whole other mm. conversation. And yeah. she's been debilita debilitating pain. Mm. Make sure that she has access to painkillers. Yeah. Menstrual justice is very multifaceted. It speaks to access. It speaks to dignity. It speaks to self-esteem. It speaks to the ability to work, mm. to go to school. It can completely, holistically disrupt mm. an entire life. And it does. Mm. So if you have a menstrual disorder yeah. where you're in so much pain, which I know a lot of people watching yeah. this might be like, that's me. Sometimes you can't even go to work. Mm. But then your boss is like, uh-uh, what are you doing? Yeah. So some countries have now introduced menstrual leave. Yeah. So it's evolving. The good thing is the mm. conversation, even to be on a male-led podcast, this is winning, guys. <laughs> to be on a male-led podcast talking yeah. about this is massive. Yeah, This yeah. wasn't there five, six, seven years ago. Mm. Mm. But there's still too much to do. Yeah. Yeah. And we just have to, and you like have to I like your question, Ila, about mm. like, what can I do? Just do yeah. the little things as we fight for the big things. The little fights for the yeah. big fight. If you can yeah. do the little fights for the big fight, mm. do it today. You can do it. It's within your reach. Um, for the bigger fight, which again also speaks to gender equality. Mm. You know, that term is very triggering, especially really? in Kenya. Yeah. Gender equality. Mm. Yeah, when we, somebody we, says, yeah. we need to fight for gender equality on Twitter, do that tweet right now. Huh? <laughs> That's like, why I'm not on the I platform. dare you. No, I know. Oh, oh no, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're, like, you're like, my self-preservation oh, matters. On, protect yeah. but, it's, but this is what it is. Yeah. Inequality is, mm. I can't mm. go to work or I can't mm. go to school mm. because of a natural biological function. Wow. And you can. Mm. So of course you're going to outperform me yeah it is in a but if you're not if you're providing me with the products with the information then you're allowing me to participate at your level mm. inequality is just that people yeah. think it's this you're taking away from us no wow. i just want them to be able to perform the way you do just to turn up yeah just to turn up yeah. that's it you know and things like gender-based violence because they're very related when you mm. have when you're in period poverty um the violence sometimes is directly affected because remember more money is being used because of you. So sometimes that gets violent. Oh, sometimes it's God. like you are just. Mm. Hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Like he's... Now you're in shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me turn. tell you something. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Janet has touched me. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, yeah, please, I don't, please continue, no, please no, no, continue on your point. Uh, you're saying. Yeah, sometimes so, it's directly as, as a result of you're making me have to spend more than I need to. Yeah. And that's a problem for me. Mm. You know, Eli it, and I did... Uh, that, that my mind, yeah, go. My mind went there too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, man. Like, yeah. What the hell? Now the numbers are making sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> statistic one. Something has... Statistic one is more than 40% of Kenyans are living under a dollar a day. This yeah. is something that's true. This mm -hmm. is something that has been quite, like mm. that's actually there. If the forty percent of those Kenyans are women and mm. women above a certain age, then it mm. means that they are going through their periods without access to sanitary pads. Mm. That number can be astronomical. Yeah, we might be doing millions of yeah, Kenyans. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first number that's clicked in my head. Mm. Yeah. The second number that's also clicked in my head is the fact that the cost of sanitary pads mm. is actually like I don't think I think is it how taxed? Much is, how much is a packet? How much is a packet? Uh, from the, on the lower side, and I mean, some companies have tried to, you can get maybe 40, 35, but that's still what somebody plans there for their family, right? Yeah. On the higher side, it's one, yeah. 100 plus, yeah. 120. Third, mm. the cost of food. So you see now, like, you have to choose what you're going to put in your basket, in your spend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, a mom might actually 
be going through what she's going through quietly so that her children mm. can eat food in that same bracket of 40%. Yeah. And then mm. to make matters even worse, mm. I'm whispering because I'm just jarred. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> to make matters even worse is I read uh, me and Eli did a report. We didn't do a report. We re- we were doing gender-based violence like a, a mm-hmm. little feature. There was an incident that made us like really like focus on it and understand what GBV is. And one of some of the statistics that I read is about in that it was a ministry of gender report mm-hmm. um and they actually said this is a national crisis it's written in the report it is yeah. and they said that about 30 like 70% once gender be, gender based violence happens in a home there's a over 70% chance of fatality in the home once it mm. happens once mm. and then another statistic that they said mm. was the reasons for economic reasons like reasons around money mm. is over 50% Yeah. So which means that every time this all, yeah. like it all like yeah. this specific subset yeah. have forced to make hard economic choices mm-hmm. and whenever they choose themselves mm. they might face a beating yeah so like that's what that statistic yeah. like breakdown says like mm. if i find if i choose my like i am in this bracket and because i am in this bracket mm. if i don't if i don't spend this on food in mm. the house my husband might come here and things might get physical yeah mm. it's so interesting how you put it like whenever i if i choose myself Self. i yeah. could Yeah. things might get like statistically like yeah 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 do you know what's crazy and that's why the practical advice you gave of you put it in your basket so yeah. she doesn't have, have to, to and then that doesn't happen yeah, yeah. right so like, it's such a practical thing like, like you yeah. spend you adding the you're literally spending yeah. 3000 a month to keep a family together yeah yeah 3000 almost in a year 3000 a year to keep yeah. like to keep a home together like that's the Yeah. That's the real cost. Stop trauma. What's then what is society yeah. then? Yeah. If society is a gr- is groupings <laughs> of families. You've gone on to what is society? <laughs> what is society? No, but it's true. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know other people watching might uh, you know might come and also say, "Oh, but" and I'm like, "It's okay to say because again, they'll say things like, "Oh, is that sustainable?" which I've yeah. mentioned just now. Mm. But I'm like, "Don't overthink and don't get academic when it comes to the life choices mm. people need to make. Mm. Yes, we also need to push for menstrual products that are of good quality. There was a whole conversation about mm. that where we let people learn that in Africa, sometimes in Kenya you get the worst type of brands mm. of which those brands are giving the best quality to women abroad. Mm. That's also very hurtful. So mm. people were getting, you know. Yeah. So it's the other argument is yes, at the basic level buy products. At the next level make sure there are products which have good quality if you can. I think most of them now, you know, are now going through the good quality yeah. and then speak for them mm. speak for them mm. just talk about it and just say this is a thing yeah if we're going to go home if i'm going to go to shags if i'm going to go anywhere mm. yeah i want to keep that in mind and try and educate people around me and say did you know this is a thing yeah. and you know i think one of the ways we can do something is abcd we can support five or six girls in that school to make sure they finish mm. high school yeah. or gotcha. to make sure they sit their kcpe yeah. at the very least gotcha. let them do their education so little fights for the big fight and then so we still do the little fights and then the bigger fight is now this this pad making machine the bigger bigger fight is can we just recognize that by not giving these products or making them easily available you've essentially deprioritized me as a woman and girl you've actually said your needs are neither here nor there Yeah. Whether or not you know you've left me to survive for mm. something that's a very natural process. That's mm. insult. Like I have to survive mm. my period. Mm. First of all, I have to survive life. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then I have to survive life on my periods. Like mm. I'm I, sure there's a constitutional argument. Like <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, like I don't even the, need to check. I don't even need to like. Oh, for the human rights access to. Yeah, like for access to sanitary towels for women. The I Basic think, yeah. Education Act amendment that 
Kenyatta signed in 2016, 2017, said free pads for girls in public schools. Like I said, goodwill mm. is there. Mm -hmm. And that helped in the sense of that's when the free sanitary pads program started. Yeah. But it's very ad hoc and sporadic and random. Oh, I'm not but saying, it's there. You know, I don't think it's like regulation. <laughs> I don't think this is just standard, like that Access to Information Act. There's there's a lot of unappealing. I have a feeling hmm? Oscar's gonna go do like a deep dive. Yeah, yeah, yeah you <laughs> can tell. Want it. <laughs> so Oscar and Nila are gonna be like, we're gonna be back. We're gonna go yeah. deep dive. Like actually, I'm serious. I'm yeah. serious. Like <laughs> there is there is there has it, to be. There has to be, but there also has to be that certain things are prioritized. Again, when COVID hit, mm. care packages. But constitutional rights are priority. Yeah, but that's. Mm. That's what is written, yeah. but what's being communicated. Ah, fair. Remember yeah. during COVID, even women health. were like, how am I going to take my pregnant self to the hospital to give birth? And it took so long before, first, of course, CSOs started having ambulance services. Mm. Took a while for them to say, oh, yeah, okay. Mm. And so there was a very big argument during COVID of <sighs> you guys do not prioritize yeah. our needs and our rights. You just don't. And mm. you're showing us mm. because it's great that you're getting things to people, but you're forgetting that there's... You're forgetting that I need access to safe house. Remember the way like GBV just blew up. Mm. And because you're, you're locked in your home with your perpetrator yes, with nowhere to yeah, go. Yeah. So in countries like, I think it was, I think some places, some parts of the UK, mm. they changed like Airbnbs or hotels into mm. mini safe houses immediately. Yeah. That mm. means you care enough. You have to care enough. Mm. And I'm sorry, I'm just like, if you cared mm. enough, you would mobilize and say, let's quickly make sure that there's mm. a point of safety. Yeah. Let's quickly make sure there's a point of collecting sanitary pads. Mm. I'm just, I'm convinced that there's mm. just not enough prioritization. Yeah. And I think that's why we need to scream and shout until we're like, you can't say that half a billion, by the way, half a billion, 500 million women and girls around the world don't have access to menstrual products. Mm. I'll say that again, 500 million women and girls right now i'm menstruating yeah. by surviving whether it's using you know, a piece of mattress i'm, I'm so sorry i'm stressed you know someone 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 recently bought an entire twitter you know <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you know now me i'm doing the mathematics also again like you're forcing me to do math. yeah and 65 percent of women and girls in kenya don't have access so it's, it's 65 65 percent of women and girls in kenya do not have access to sanitary products 65% of women and girls uh, in Kenya. Ah, no, come on. And then now 500. One million girls of school-going age D in didn't Kenya we do, right didn't now we do a school. Didn't we do a census? We did. So when you're saying 65, you're saying 65 <laughs> of 50 million? Yeah, 65%. You know, you know, sixty-five percent is more than most people get in chemistry in school. Yeah. <laughs> how did, how did you go there? I think he's so disturbed. It's so. Sixty-five so percent is so high. That's like. Mm. That's so it's like real. It's thirty-two. Yeah. You guys are good at math and economics. That's I'm gathering. Yeah. That's that's thirty-two point five million. Yeah. That's thirty-two point five million. That's insane. That's 32.5. <laughs> so, you, so, so. so there's, there's, a, there's an access issue. 32.5. There's an access issue. Where's the camera? 32.5 million. I want to I wanna ask a question, Janet. Okay, because I'm concerned for you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you must be busy. The, the oh, weight of, you're the weight it. of this. Yeah. But there's many. No, there's so there's, many. Uh -huh, but you're here. No, no okay. okay. And, I, and I appreciate it. But, like, yeah. <laughs> but like, how do you like manage your mood? How do you switch off from it? Do you ever... like? 
Monday to Sunday. Like, it's, how does that it's, work? It's it's definitely hard. Social justice yeah. is, and a lot of people will say it's it's lonely, it's yeah. confusing, it's triggering. Yeah. It's very triggering because yeah. every day you're coming face to face with, um, you know, people who live. With, and by the way, social injustices is not just, we need to normalize this. It's not just in informal settlements. It's across the board. Mm. It's in places where we see high fences and beautiful walls. Mm. It's there. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. things, especially like GBV. Yeah. Um, you know, um, some of these issues are across the board. However, we do focus on period poverty because that's the majority that are most affected. You know what I mean? And yeah. we do focus on GBV in communities because they are largely affected. Mm. It's not to negate that it doesn't happen across the board in spaces that we know with yeah. people that we know. It does. Mm. Mm. But it is a reality for many. So how do you switch? It's You can't really. I think, I think you... I mean, I haven't kept my mouth shut since 2013, 2014 yeah. um, because of how much needs to be done. Yeah. The beauty is we've seen the power because mm. immediately people begin to say, okay... Um, They've talked for long and I think they're onto something yeah. and I think they're making sense. Um, during COVID, another big conversation that started happening was you're not funding the women at the front lines. You're funding each other. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a hard one for some people to stomach, mm. but it was mm. like people were like, it's true. We're we're at the front lines. We're going broke and getting tired, but yeah. we love these women and girls. Yeah. So it's changing. Right, this right. helps. Uh -huh. This helps. Yeah. Switching yeah. off. You really, really, really can't switch off. You carry those stories with you every day. Yeah. You carry the stories, you carry the testimonials, you carry the situation. But I think the best you can do is you integrate it in your life. In yeah. a way, you just integrate what you do yeah. so that you don't have to keep it so separate. In a, in a very, I was going to use a very unrelated example, very unrelated, but there was somebody who was known for having a big scandal around the world. Mm -hmm. And when they were asked, how do they move on? And she just said, I integrated it. Because it's who it's oh. part of it's part of who yeah. I am. It's yeah. a bit unrelated, but when you integrate it, yeah. then you carry it with you, and you're able to 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 kind of monitor. Mm. You're able to regulate. You know, like I know this weekend I'm going to spend a lot of time with my sons. Like yeah. Yeah. we're going to be spending a lot of time together. Right. Um, so how do I integrate it? Sometimes it's just by talking to talking them to about them. what's important. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have because yeah. that in itself is something. You're, just, you're giving them so much value. It's incredible. I really mm. hope. Huru and Mali, have you heard yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. I really, I really hope. So it's just, yeah. it's just planting the seed for sometimes, yes, look out for you, mm. love who you are, stand strong, speak out, and then speak sometimes for those who can't. Yeah. Because sometimes you've given them a voice when they didn't know what to say. Yeah. And yeah. it's so Powering, empowering when I get DMs of people saying, mm. you know, when you say that, you spoke for me. Mm. That always gets me. Mm. And they're like, oh, I'm too scared to say it, but you said it, so thank you. Or thank you for validating my experience mm. or validating my pain. And that's what social justice advocates do. A lot mm. of us, it's we speak out because others can't. Mm. Others are silenced because if you dare speak, you're going to see me or, yeah. Yeah. or you don't know what to say or you feel invalidated. Like mm. my problem is not, let's not do trauma yeah. Olympics. I always tell people, this is <laughs> yeah. not about, I have more pain than you know. Yeah. Trauma is trauma. It doesn't mm. care. It doesn't matter if it's a broken finger versus a broken mm. arm. Yeah. You can't say, oh, but your finger is broken, meets my arm. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Validate yeah. the experiences of every single person, survivors. Yeah. Yeah. We really invalidate. Some people will be told, oh, you're still, you're still hung up on, Kwan, you didn't go for therapy. You're not feeling better. Uh, no, yeah. she might take five years. He mm. might, you know, mm. You've taken let's us not to do trauma Olympics. Well. Yeah. I know, yeah. let's, let's not do that. It's mm. not a sport. Yeah. It's a journey. So how do I, to mm. Eli's uh, question, I integrate it. Mm. Um, but I also debrief. I also mm. have my counseling. I also have, mm. you know, 
celebrate small wins. Right. It's regulating and integrating at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Let me yeah. really win because uh, we've gone and to the deep end. Another correction, guys. Um, it's not that two point five. It's around nineteen point five. I was going to say that, Matt. Sounds about nineteen. Yeah, around. It's around. It's, no, don't edit. It's around. It's around nineteen. It's around nineteen. It's around nineteen million. Yeah, which is still because, a massive number. Which is still a huge number mm. because, like, you have to half the Kenyan population. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's mm. around nineteen. Hey, that's yeah. a lot of. It mm. is a lot. Okay, next question about your book. Let's go there. Yay! Yeah, um, <laughs> my first time. Mm-hmm. I think that that title always gets me. I feel like it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you have a plan? Yeah. I, I, I have a plan. Yeah. I, do, do you have and, a plan? Then, and then uh-huh. Oscar will be like, "That was my IP. Yeah. <laughs> that was my that was <laughs> my idea." No. Yeah, like, <laughs> too, like, what's the experience of you know? <laughs> you, you know, you we like, can make we yeah. can make something happen. <laughs> my first time. My first time. Yeah. Um, so, talk to us about like. First of all, writing a book yeah. of that nature, the yeah. research involved, and kind of your own personal journey in becoming an author, because that's a whole other mm-hmm. yeah space. Space. Um, um, I I'm a big believer, and it's known that storytelling is some of the best advocacy in the world. Like, just you know, you can't fight a story. Yeah. Somebody comes here today and talks about their story and opens up the gaps. You mm. can't fight it because that's their story. Mm. I'm a content creator as well, mm. so storytelling content. Yeah. It's what it's an exp- I call it an expression of the work I do. One yeah. expression is a podcast, the other expression mm. is a book, the other one is my social media. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to take this the taboo and stigma was still so real when I'd go to do activations. Mm. I'm like, wait, it's been a few years. Why are you guys still hearing periods and mm. shrinking? What's going on? Mm. And I said, I want to be able to normalize this by using stories so that everybody can see themselves in a story and recognize that, oh, okay, this is normal. Mm. Beyond that, the stories open up to different um I guess thematic areas. Yeah. So that's the idea came initially. It was going to be like, oh, I'll just do one of them. I said, hmm, there's something here. I'm going to try to do a book because I need a resource like this to live in schools and to live in our libraries so that wherever and however long, many years to come, girls are able to just and see somebody who's hijabi, somebody Mm -hmm. who's, you know, living with albinism, Mm -hmm. somebody who's living with, you know, I tried to get as many diverse voices Mm -hmm. and I included men. There's about eight men in the book. There's just over 50, about 60 voices altogether. Mm -hmm. And about a few of them are men, you know, a hip hop artist, a a pastor, an imam, you mentioned when we were doing the Mm -hmm. pre-interview, a menstrual teacher who's Mm -hmm. a man, because, you know, men are also the gatekeepers of a lot of the stigma and that's perpetuated. Right. So they need to, especially in cultural settings, when mm. they break it down, yeah. everybody listens. Yeah. So we need them on board. Mm. So when mm. they go and say, hey, can we stop shutting girls and women out of our homes because they're on their period? Yeah. People will listen. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah. okay, boss, you've spoken. Yeah. So that was um, important. Was it challenging? Was it challenging? When I put out the call for, would you be interested? Yeah, some people were like, um, no. It wasn't that challenging because mm. people... Maybe it was the timing. They were like, yeah, I'd love to lend my voice, mm. which was incredible to see. Mm. Putting it together logistically was crazy because yeah. I was like, I need everybody to be against a red background for symbolism and mm. wearing a white top uh. because it's, it's, it's like people are like, you know, that's a production. I'm like, I'll do it. And I mm. filmed 35 people in one week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, and I think about that yeah. week, I could cry. It yeah. was just back to back to back. But I had the vision. I'm like, no, I don't want it. I want people to see menstruators for who they are. Yeah. I even had a menstruator who identifies as, you know, they, them. Mm. It needed to be inclusive that everybody have a menstruator, yeah. you know, somebody in the book who's living with HIV. And mm. they all link their period um, to and their reality 
you know, so they talk about their first time stories. Even my podcast leads with my first time, my first time. Everybody who's coming on has to lead with their first time story. But Teresa, who's in the book, was formerly incarcerated. So she Mm -hmm. talks about my first time was this, but my first time in prison, this was the experience and this is what happened. Somebody else says my first time, but I'm visually impaired. I'm blind. I can't see anything, Mm -hmm. you know. So Mm -hmm. the idea was to give life to all the different the ways in which we need to intervene when it comes mm. to menstrual health. Mm. Because again, we can't be one dimensional. Mm. Women, a lot of women who live with physical disability were telling me, we can't really use products the same way you guys do. Yeah. Because, yeah. so we need something called like a menstrual a period panty where the pad is embedded in the underwear. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it really opens your eyes to, if we're going to have this conversation, we need to be inclusive. We need to be diverse. Yeah. We need to think about everyone. So that was really the premise of the mm. book. It's I call it my third child because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a labor yeah. of love and pain and yeah. it was amazing and mm. came out in early 2020 and we were just embarking on a countrywide tour then the pandemic hit. Yeah. Um, Will we, you resume this tour? Now we're doing, I'm actually updating it with a second edition and I mm. probably will do a tour at some point. But for now, you know, the logistics of it. At the mm. time, it was very seamless. It was yeah. just coming together, mm. um, but it didn't stop me. So I remember I translated all that to online advocacy, Um, which also helps the foundation a lot. We got partners, ETC, mm, mm. because again, I just didn't keep quiet. I'm like, anyway, so the book can't happen, but we're going to have a period party. And I did an (laughs) online period party that was picked up by the press. So just like keeping the conversation alive. So that's what Mm. my first time is. And the podcast was always supposed to be there from day one Mm. to give a safe space to people who didn't want to be photographed. Mm. Because not everyone Mm. wants to share their story, but yet they have a very important story to tell. What is it like for you if you're in a a refugee camp? Mm. You know, what is it like for you if you're in, I don't know, the army? all these people wanted to share, but they're like, oh, by the time I get approval <laughs> to do your, like, unless you do it for me, audio only, I can't yeah. do it type of thing. So I said, like, so from very early on, there was always the plan. Was always the plan. Yeah. Now we're doing it. Incredible. Announcing it here <laughs> yeah. on my yeah. talk. Yeah. Wow. Eli, I'm not done. My, uh, my <laughs> Go wanna, ahead. I want to know, do Go you ahead. see, what does the future look like? Like the future you're trying to create? What does mm-hmm. that look like? Because wow. the tiredness nights, the you know third child, etc. That's a lot of work. There must be metaphorical, child. metaphorical child. Yes, <laughs> just to clear that up. How rumors start? Yeah. What does that society, that future, look like? Oh, mm. oof. I I just think it looks like we start being honest with ourselves about our, I guess, intolerance mm. and lack of inclusion, and begin mm. to realize that that's just causing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. You know, people hop on these messages about everybody matters, but when mm. you really speak to it, yeah. it's always so selective. Mm. And what that does is it completely um, continues to, you know, divide and all of that. When I see the world my sons are growing in, they're very accepting of so much, even at a young age. Wow. Like their normal is very, um, ha- has evolved a lot. Yeah. They have a lot more there's a lot more tolerance. There's a lot more understanding. First of all, kids today are just smart. I don't know. Sometimes my friends and I are like, is it the pregnant care we took? I don't know, man. (laughs) You've got like a toddler and a seven-year-old and they're just, they're very self-aware. So I think if we have a self-aware future, you have a self-awareness that allows you to do something for you, but something for those around you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that climate justice is a big conversation now. We need to actually realize how much it's going to affect our continent mm-hmm. and already is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you, you, you see a future where people are saying, I actually care about that. Yeah. That's actually my problem. I'm not waiting for somebody to do it. Right. It's a little bit there with some people, mm. you know, some younger people. I always say, you know, Gen Z, it's a divisive conversation. But mm. <laughs> I think there's a mm. self-awareness that they have. Agreed. That's, that's yeah. just, and, yeah. they, and, and a proactiveness. Yeah. Like I've seen a problem. I want to address it. Mm. So mm. the future kind of, I'm a little hopeful. Again, when I see the future through my son's eyes. Mm. And um, the future is also what we make it. All these yeah. cliche statements that I used to be like, I'm like, but oh, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. If I want to make the future, what am I, what am I showing my sons that's yeah. okay or not okay? Yeah. When I say something and they say it back to me, I'm like, no, mm. that's actually not accurate. Yeah. So the future looks like it's evolving in the right direction. Social justice is doing a lot, but there needs to be a lot more integration with all kinds of sectors, all kinds of people. We would say it needs a multi-stakeholder approach. It's true. <laughs> Again, all those annoying statements yeah. I used to hear, I'm like, it's true. Yeah. It just needs everyone on board. Kenya private sector have now started mm. being involved in all these conversations. They weren't there before. Like the mm. other day, I'm like, wow, good yeah. to see you. Welcome, <laughs> they have a policy out that wasn't there before. So it's right. there's a little bit of That's hope. Right. Yeah. Like they're now they're now mainstreaming these as issues that they want to normalize within the workplace. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people go to the workplace. So that's that's yeah, why I'm saying so. the future as much as we don't want to be too bleak, like don't 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 look up it. Mm. <laughs> but you know, yeah, there yeah. is that thing for environmentally, ETC, it's a bit daunting because yeah. of what we've done to our planet. Yeah. But at the same time, now there's people who people are finally starting to say, yo, okay, we need to. Yeah. We need to actually shape up and do something. Mm, mm. And there's a generation coming after us that are saying, it's cool, you guys didn't, you guys messed it up. We'll try, we'll try clean up your mess. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's what we make it, it's mm. what we choose to do with it now. We can't also just wait. And it's how what we how we choose to fight for it. Yeah. And every day is a fight. And that's not to say, that's not to make a triggering statement like people are already saying, I'm just trying to get by. Mm -hmm. But um Remember that you live in an ecosystem of other people. And if yeah. they don't have some kind of access or balance, mm. in a way it comes back to affect you. Mm. Like don't ever forget that, mm. you know. Mm. So yeah. if you're going to have the majority frustrated, there's going to be a tipping point. Mm -hmm. So don't, mm -hmm. can we just integrate yeah. multi-stakeholder yeah. task force these things <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then move mm. together? It may take a while. Progress is fragile. Yes. Progress but fragile. you need to. Yeah. So it's a long haul journey. Yeah. It's a long haul journey, but you know, if you're invested in it, then the little change and the little wins really do something to say, oh, that's great that it's changing. Yeah. yeah. I'm realizing that Jeez. Janet, if we decide to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared to look at the time. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I just realized that if we decide there, there has to be, I hope um, we can have this conversation again or around other things. For example, something you've mentioned that we haven't really dived into is gender-based violence and i think that's something that the three of us can also mm -hmm. sort of unpack yeah and Eli and i have time yeah. 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 when you have time yeah. you go and do research then you come and have that discussion yeah. and around the work that you're doing with better for kenya mm -hmm. and the just incredible incredible things that you're doing to see mm -hmm. a generation that lives better not just for your sons but for all of us as kenyans yeah um and i just want to thank you Oh, thank you guys. Yeah. This was, so, I really enjoyed I could have also gone on. <laughs> I really could have. Uh, but yeah, this was... Yeah, so I just want to thank you for like making time. And I have I watched you when I was younger and I will continue to watch you as yeah. I am older. 
Yeah. And continue to be the. Oh, I'm not like 60 guys. Yeah. When he says yeah. that, I promise. As 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 from us. Oh yeah, Eli's like he's Eli's like. Let me fix this. Let me this up. Yeah, I will. He's about to go down. Yeah, I will continue to watch you. I will continue to watch you now. Thank you. And like you, you've done just. Yeah, Jesus, it's just tremendous. So please tell us where can we get your book? Yes. And you know, like just kind of interact with you that way. It's so sad because I haven't yet. <laughs> it's it's it pretty much out of stock, but mm. I think some textbook centers still have it. Mm-hmm. But the second edition is going to have an audio version that it's available across okay. the board, different parts mm-hmm. of the world, okay. um, and in select bookstores. So right mm. now, there's a few copies remaining in select textbook centers. What people can do is call textbook center they're very easily able to on their database say oh you can get some in this and this place okay um which i'm so happy because few mm. copies means people have bought exactly, yeah. <laughs> so that's really exciting because we yeah. did the first round early 2020 and sold out then did a second round okay. mm-hmm. and that's what's kind of selling out slowly wow. i think there's like there's a couple of hundred copies left maybe a hundred or maybe less mm. so the second edition will be more accessible easily on platforms where people yeah. can just you know buy it or buy it online like an e-version. Mm. Yeah. So we're exploring all that and and I'll update on my social media. Fantastic. In the meantime the 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 podcast or the audio conversations continue just mm. to keep the conversation alive Great. as we move on to getting the book. Mm. The second edition is pan-African. So now we have voices from South Africa, wow. from Nigeria, from Rwanda. It's so wow. powerful hearing those stories. Yeah. I was really excited putting mm-hmm. that together. Yeah. So I'm excited for people to now not just hear my first time Kenya, it's my first time Africa. Yeah. And there's so many similarities, mm. culture, mm. you know, all of that. Yeah. And how people are also trying to progress the conversations in different parts of the continent. Mm. So hopefully very soon I'll also be going to different parts of the continent to have these conversations with, mm. you know, just with like like-minded people yeah. who are in the space. Yeah. So that's that's the goal. Um, wow. Yeah. Mm. So, but for now, social media, mm. just like you mm. too, I'm mm. quite pretty active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Should I, can I plug my social media? Of course. Media? Yeah, 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 yeah. Plug everything. Plug yeah. everything. All. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, just yeah. official Janet Bogwa. Yeah. My Instagram is where I interact the most with people. I really yeah. enjoy it as a platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. My website's officialjanetbogwa.com and mm-hmm. inuadadafoundation.org. Yeah. Um, we'll be rolling out a lot of projects soon, so people can find that updated information mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. The good news is it's all going to be linked uh, down below. Um, mine is just to say thank you. Thank um, you. I think the world is genuinely a better place because of you. And oh. that's not something you can say to everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not wow. the case. Um, thank you. So yeah, thank you for even coming, showing a passion, sharing that, shocking us. Yeah. <laughs> and also for being a striker, because we need you. Oh, so thank we're going to do what we can. Yeah. Uh, we're going to use that shock and implement it. The practical thing you said about just putting it in your basket, yeah. if everyone that watches it does that, we make an impact. So yeah. thank you for just gems like that. Yeah. And also for your time, because it's very valuable. No, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. It mm. feels like such a safe space. And I think it's mm. very important that... Mm. Um, I just applaud you guys for mm. just making it. I f- truly enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely. I'll be back yeah. at yeah, some point sure. if they invite me again. Mm. Um, yes. But thank you, Eli and Oscar. And thank yeah. you for, for Man Talk as well. Yeah. I really Amazing. appreciate it. Thank Amazing. you. Hey. Yeah, so guys, down below all the links and we'll see you next week for another Standard. episode of mantalk.ke. Standard. See you later. See you.